Welcome to Love Bites. Love Bites. Love Bites. By Dr. Tara, your destination for sexual wellness and mindful relationship advice. Hope you're having an orgasmic day. I love using sex toys in bed, especially a good old vibrator during penetration. Hello, my loves! Do you like using sex toys to enhance your sex life? If so, you need to head over to bedgeek.com where they have toys for men and women as well as experts who are available to help you choose the right one if needed. Use code DrTaraLovesBedGeek for 15% off and get stroking and poking. Penis. Cock. Dick, shaft, eggplant emoji. There's so many names for a penis. Penis health is very important and it can enhance or hinder your life and relationship. So joining our penis conversation today is Dr. Sia. Dr. Sia is a medical doctor and social media influencer with over 3 million followers across the world. Dr. Sia has been featured on several media like Huffington Post and Good Morning America. Hi, Dr. Sia. Hey, Dr. Tara. Thank How you for are we having... doing today? We're doing very good. You just came back from your honeymoon. How was weeks? it? Yeah. Did you put your penis to use? I did. I did. <laughs> <laughs> Gonna get used to these questions. Okay. Uh, oh yeah. Oh yeah. At Love Bites, we ask inappropriate questions all the time. So <laughs> before we get into our penis conversations, I want to like normalize talking about the penis. So I want to talk about your penis. <laughs> okay. <laughs> a lot of younger people are always curious like are you circumcised or uncircumcised because a lot of people in America are circumcised but when you see an uncut penis especially like for younger women that have never seen it they're like shocked because they've never seen an uncut penis okay so I was born and grew up in Middle East so being born in Middle East people are circumcised in that area so what happens if you're uncircumcised then? Like basically just clean it really well. Clean it, uh, safe sex. <laughs> Practice safe sex. Wear condoms, wash your penis really well. Whoever, I mean, whether or not you're cut or uncut, you wash your penis. <laughs> true, true. But if you're uncut, you, you pull it back. You pull it back too and then wash wash the inside. People are always asking me this every time I go live on TikTok. It's like, doctor, I'm this size. Am I big enough? Like, what is your size, Dr. Sia? What's your size your erection? Five to five and a half inches. I think that's around 13 centimeters. Mm -hmm. And that's, I believe, like more than 90% of men are average size. And mm. I, th I feel like the same 90% are still insecure about their sizes. So yeah, so I believe that majority are average size. I yeah, see. Wing, 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 wing. That, I, wing. I like that that's your answer. To Wife is happy. How, how big is your dick, doctor? <laughs> you know, around the world. <laughs> Love it. A politician answer. You you went viral for one many videos, but one of them that I really loved was things that are bad for your penis. So what does that mean? What are the things that are bad for your penis? I made that video because people might know that smoking is bad. Mm -hmm. excessive alcohol drinking is bad but they're like oh you live once but mm -hmm. i feel like if they know the effect that it's gonna have on your penis then you might take a different look at it differently yeah. because you might be fine now but you also want to have good sex when you are like in 10 or 20 years another thing i mentioned was steroids mm -hmm. which many people don't know 
but it can lead to infertility. That so you can get. less testosterone also means potential erectile dysfunction, right? Yes. Can lead to breast uh, enlargement. There are other risks. Breast enlargement. So can women yeah. do testosterone therapy and kind of get breast enlarged? I don't think it works that way. <laughs> <laughs> so I noticed you said temporarily affecting their fertility, people who use steroids. Why do you say temporarily? Is it because like when if they quit long enough, the sperm and... Yeah, yes. So if you quit and see a urologist and help you with the quitting and you can you can have your fertility back the question that i get all the time is doctor how can i make my penis bigger doctor sia how can i make my penis bigger i have had so many questions from all over the world and when i tell them there is no safe way to increase it they're upset they're like if you don't tell if you don't want to tell me the secret i'll go to somebody else our ways surgery is one option where you they remove one, they cut one of the ligaments that can make your penis look larger, but it also comes with complications. Like infection um, can also lead to erectile dysfunction. So they are you, you don't want to go through this complication for half an inch. Can penis pumps can increase your size temporarily because it pulls the blood into the penis? But it's temporarily. It's temporarily, yeah. Temporarily. Yeah, so you can use a dick pump and then your dick goes like Different. half an inch bigger for just a little bit. <laughs> And then your dick goes to back to your normal size. Again, it's not permanent. Dick pumps are not permanent. I see a lot of dick pumps ads on porn sites because I do watch porn. And I'm like, damn, they, they the ads are intense. They're like pump, pump, pump. And like it grew. It's super veiny and then it grew three inches. I'm like, not no <laughs> pumps will grow like your penis three inches, period. Where you can stretch your penis on a daily basis, eight, nine, ten months every day then you may gain like a half an inch or something it's not scientifically proven but people talk about it and this thought came to my head if people would spend that much time on themselves to improve their foreplay game their oral sex using their hands your sex life will improve like 100x yeah compared to that half an inch not gonna do much if you don't know what to do with it for example Exactly. I'm trying to think like inside my vagina, like it doesn't matter. Like it doesn't matter if you're a really good lover, you know, like if you know how to do oral sex, if you know how to finger me, if you know how to find the G spot and, you know, you know, the finger movements to like stimulate it. If you can move your hip. I talk about this all the time. Like people, men that can fuck like cyclone movements are better because they don't just so like in and out, in and out because great sex for women is not in and out, in and out. It's using your hips. Men that are great with their hips are better. That's why I'm... I'm like looking out like in yoga classes. I'm like, ooh, I see you. I see you. Because I know <laughs> your people. your hips be good. The, I have the cyclone hips. <laughs> <laughs> and once you are having better sex, I feel like you're going to have better relationship. In relationship, my book, um, yes. Like, I feel like it's a spiritual, physical, you know? So like mm-hmm. it's like a two wings. Empower yourself. You have better sexual health. Yeah. Take better decisions. You feel sexier about yourself. You feel more confident to communicate with your partner. What are some other interesting or fun facts that are great for people to know to improve the health of their penis? One of the best things is to have a healthy lifestyle. So if you start having sex and then within two minutes you're out of breath, you can improve that with exercise. What are some foods that help with testosterone? I mean, zinc and magnesium. Meat, protein, 
before going to food, I think this humanity now we're sleeping less and less. If you sleep six hours or less, testes, testes started to shrink even. You have so if you don't sleep enough, your balls shrink. Yes. Fuck. Yes. I mean, You're listening I'm not to saying shrink it like shrink enough that that can I mean it was measured. So sleep seven to eight hours, that's one of the probably most important thing. Oh no. So like yeah. insomniacs and TikTok and Instagram. <laughs> yeah, <videos>. yeah. <laughs> Go to bed. <laughs> Um, I can already think of a TikTok video. Want bigger balls? Go to bed. (laughs) (laughs) There's some truth in that. Why do you think some men, not all men, obviously, some men feel like sex toys are like their competition? They don't like sex toys. Like, oh, like, I don't like it. She has me. I think it's it's either coming from a place of insecurity or place of like a cultural thing. I'm the man. I'm the only one who's who's like supposed to satisfy my woman that piece of toy is not going to replace you mm-hmm. it's not a it's not a replacement for like all what you can offer for example it can be added to enhance your your pleasure there are sex toys for men there are sex toys for women both can use it both mm-hmm. can enjoy it they generally would come from like a place of insecurity i would say or the feeling that it's going to replace me and i'm not going to be needed anymore gosh you know like that an entire relationship reduced to one little vibrator they're insecure because of the mainstream culture and the right. narrative from the past that's like you're the man you're the only person that gives her pleasure it comes from this sense of like ownership and possessiveness i do think the evolved men know better that they're enhancements it's like taking vitamins not going to substitute food right i'm not just going to go take vitamins without eating delicious food i will always eat delicious food first and i may need vitamins but you know like Uh, it's never going to replace and it doesn't actually make me feel like my partner is less of a man or less masculine. Actually, I feel like they're more masculine and more attractive and sexier when I see them use a toy on me. Because it's like, oh, look at that. An evolved man who is not afraid of this little thing. Yeah, Mm -hmm. a confident person. It's an enhancement, period. World Health Organization states 3.7 billion people under the age of 50 have HSV1 herpes and 491 million people age 15 to 49 around the world and it's climbing have HSV2 herpes. Herpes is more common than you think and there are a lot of misunderstandings surrounding it. So today with us is a fitness coach, popular content creator, and herpes awareness advocate, Christopher Pickering. Why is advocating for herpes awareness important? I think that advocating for herpes awareness is one of the most important things I've ever stumbled across, just because for decades and decades and decades, there's been people out there who receive a herpes diagnosis, and while it's probably going to be not that harmful physically long-term, they feel like their life is over. They feel like they can never date again. They seen as like a dirty slut who made a mistake in society. And the funny thing for me is that the common cold sore is also a form of herpes, but it doesn't seem to get the same amount of flack. And when you even compare the two genital herpes versus cold sores, people seem to say, oh, everyone gets those. It's not a big deal, but you, you must've made a mistake or you must've slept around or, you know, get away from me. I went through the same thing. And I realized that The only people who truly know the reality of having herpes is those who have it. But a lot of people are too ashamed to speak out. 
I love that. So thank you for, you know, speaking up and speaking out and kind of helping people understand herpes a little bit more. And like you said, a lot of people are having difficulties with sharing this information with other people. And I can't imagine 491 million people. And these are just the people that, you know, they were able to track have this kind of experience. And a lot of them, I bet, have met with very negative reception and have to go through a lot of relational trauma because of their herpes situation. So what are the main types of herpes? This is where I'm going to kind of like open people's eyes a bit more to the reality that I think we've kind of been like misinformed or at least science is kind of different than we thought it was. So Originally, there's type one and there's type two of the herpes simplex virus. Now there's like eight herpes viruses. Chickenpox is caused by a herpes virus. Mono is caused by a herpes virus. But the two that we're going to talk about is HSV1 and HSV2. And it used to be that type one was looked at as just oral herpes and type two was looked at as just genital herpes, but they're actually not location specific. So type one can cause oral herpes and it can also live in the genital region. Type two is predominantly going to be a genital infection, but in some rare cases, it can be up here. Now, my whole issue with the stigma is that people are getting genital herpes being type one from someone who's ever had a cold sore. One person with it orally and one person genitally are seen significantly differently. And the people that get type one downstairs feel the same shame as type two. They're not oral and genital. They could be either, basically. Mm, And I think that's what people don't know. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And the thing about the type one is if you if you get the common cold sore, you won't get it downstairs type one. And a lot less people nowadays are getting oral HSV1 because people I think are acknowledging, oh, a cold sore is herpes, like don't kiss your kid. So a lot of people are living in bubbles now and less people are getting HSV1 here on their mouth. So when they first encounter it, there's still a chance they can get it downstairs. Ah, wow. Can you share with us your journey, erectile dysfunction, but then again with the herpes, like how did you get it and how has dating been? Quick story. So I was in a sexless relationship for like six years. My first one, um, you know, had some sex, but didn't really have much of a sex life. So over the course of the six years and over the course of, you know, growing up, just kind of getting myself desensitized to real life kind of led to some issues downstairs. Maybe mental health was a factor too. And once the relationship kind of ended, I was like, hmm, how do I have sex? Is it ever going to like be able to work? So I kind of was casually dating around, not that many partners, but just kind of more focused on, will my penis ever work? I don't know. And then eventually, how you know, old were you when you were questioning yourself? Will my penis work from 19 to 27? <laughs> that is that's crazy, right? Like yeah. to say that out loud and to realize that there are actually a lot of teens and young adults that experience erectile dysfunction. And there are still a lot of them that haven't found a way to get out of that loop. Yeah, I think there's a lot of factors nowadays, like porn is definitely one of them. Decreased testosterone levels in men now. And just, you know, I don't want to speak out against it, or I don't want to speak to a doctor. I'm embarrassed. I don't want to tell anyone. And they never seek help. Basically, I got herpes from my fifth partner and, you know, like one in six habit or one in eight habits. So I didn't even make it to that many partners, (laughs) but, uh, (laughs) you know, ended up getting genital herpes. Um, I didn't wear protection during this specific scenario. Protection will reduce transmission, but it will not eliminate the risk entirely when it comes to herpes. Once I had this, I kind of was like, oh, shit. I have genital herpes and erectile dysfunction. My sex life is totally over. (laughs) And I kind of have two options. You have the, do I just 
completely never date again because everything is over? Or can I try to get motivated enough to fix my sex life, fix my, you know, addiction, uh, resensitize my brain and my private parts that real life can be successful for me. And after trial and error and trial and error and trial and error, I was able to have like a better sex life because I got herpes than before. My sex life got better because mm. I had herpes. Like, how did it mm. become a so, catalyst to you having a healthier sex life? So initially, just before when I had all the erectile dysfunction stuff, you know, sometimes I would either not be able to stay hard or I would never finish. Um, I, I only had my first orgasm through sex after I got genital herpes. So before that, mm. it was basically just, I'm tired. This doesn't work anymore. Let's just high five and we'll get on our way kind of thing. <laughs> Slowly after time, like ridding the thoughts of like the hypersexualization of like pornography and stuff, I was able to be aroused by real life and actually enjoy sex as opposed to just kind of like really get in my own head too. Because I think anxiety and like, oh no, I'm not going to perform and then you don't enjoy it. And really just kind of relaxing and getting more confident with my sex life allowed me to then in the future actually enjoy it. I want to zoom in a little bit to that encounter with your fifth partner. Did they tell you that they have herpes? So I was not disclosed to. From what I've told and what I've talked to them about, I'm not really sure if they knew they had it. So when it comes to herpes, a large amount of people never have symptoms or they don't have symptoms that they notice, but they still have the virus and they can still pass it on. And whether this person never had symptoms or was developing symptoms or our first encounter to kind of like triggered an outbreak to happen... I do believe that I contracted herpes from them when they were having symptoms because a couple of days later when I did notice symptoms on myself, they checked and they kind of had like something mild that they went to the doctor for as well. Wow. So your partner at the time didn't even know they have it. So maybe, maybe not. I'm pretty confident that like they just had no idea. Was and this like a romantic partner that you were trying to date or was it like a casual sex? So this was like a casual thing initially. We're still friends. Like I have no resentment towards them now. Uh -huh. People always ask, did you sue the girl? Did you take <laughs> legal action? And I said, no, like it just doesn't matter <laughs> in my situation. And at the end of the day, like I can't unget herpes by being mad and it doesn't really right. solve it for me. They're a friend of mine. They're a lovely person. They're getting engaged now. So the person that they dated after me, they're now engaged to. And I wish them the best. We had a great time together. Yeah. And <laughs> I just have love that for you. Peace and love. Well, ultimately, that person did not tell you whether or not they knew they had it. They didn't tell you. And then a few days later, you had symptoms. What did you have? Like what kind of symptoms came first? Yeah. So my first symptoms was like painful urination. I was kind of like, hmm, was this just from sex or is there something else? Yeah. Were you and like, heard, oh, is this UTI? Yeah, something like that. I was like, maybe I just like bruised my urethra or something or had that. I had like swollen lymph nodes in my throat and crotch. I had like 20 plus blisters kind of like starting to develop on my pubic area. They were just like red. I initially was in denial. These are just friction burns. It was right. just the sex was too good. <laughs> you know, <laughs> it can't be herpes. And then I had like a dull burning, aching pain in my pubic area from like the blisters and stuff. And it was pretty significant. But even still, like me on Google, looking at my symptoms being like, it's herpes, bro, it's herpes. Oh, no, it can't be herpes. No, I can't have this. I, <laughs> I didn't sleep with a bunch of people. I didn't, you know, it can't be. Wow. So how long did you wait until you go see a doctor? So basically met the person on a Thursday. I had symptoms relatively quickly by like a Sunday. And then by that, like next Wednesday or Thursday, I'd already gone to the doctor. You know, I wanted to figure out, is this herpes? And let me get myself figured out with treatment.
when your doctor told you that you have herpes, what was your first initial reaction? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I get this question a lot. Like, how did you feel when you got the news? For me, I went to the doctor and said, I think I have herpes. Can we check? Up until that point, you know, there was the denial phase. But once I got to the doctor, I pretty much was like accepted my fate. And then like a week later, when I got the results, it wasn't like, oh, you have herpes. It was, yeah, that's what I thought. (laughs) There was definitely an initial, you know, I hope it isn't herpes, but it's obviously herpes. And then you had a renewed sense of, I want to embark on like sexual wellness journey. So I didn't just get herpes and have the attitude I have to, I went through the whole thing of sad, depressed, confused. I'm going to be single forever. But I think coming from a guy's perspective, you know, I didn't want to stop dating because I didn't know if my sex life was over. I didn't know if I was not going to be accepted. I met someone, we started seeing each other for uh, like a couple of weeks and stuff. And then eventually it kind of led up to, oh shit, I'm going to have to disclose to this person. (laughs) How do I do this? And this was like the first disclosure is your hardest because you don't know, is the first person going to reject you? Is this going to be the normal response? And they were actually from Korea. And I used like Google Translate. And I said, I have the virus that causes herpes. I take medication to make myself safer. Let me know if you have any questions. And I showed it to them and they were kind of like shocked. They're like, oh no, what, what does this mean? Nothing happened that evening, but a week later, like they were still into me and we had sex and they didn't just get herpes. Like a week after this scenario, this same girl gets a cold sore on her lip and it wasn't for me. There's no way she would have got herpes transmitted in that way. And I say, what's that on your lip? And she says, oh, I just go to when I'm sick. And I said, wow, I worked up the courage to disclose my genital herpes and you literally also have herpes. No, I just get it when I'm sick. And like, this is the small difference between this girl knowingly has oral herpes, which society just calls a cold sore. You get it when you're sick. And I'm over here like stressing, like, oh no, I have to have to tell this girl that I have cold sores downstairs and she's going to judge me and she's going to run away. And I found that to be like the most coincidental thing ever. And once I had like not given this first girl herpes, I kind of stepped back and was like, so what's the big deal? I don't feel bad. I've disclosed, I've dated. All of the things they said about herpes is not really making a lot of sense. And I need to talk about this publicly because I have questions that don't have any answers. Mm-hmm. She didn't speak English. <laughs> Do you have uh, to use Google Translate? Oh, no, she spoke English like very well, but I wanted to make sure she understood in case like herpes was something else in Korean or. Oh, I see. I just wanted to make sure like that my disclosure came across like <laughs> medically accurate. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Let's say you're big brother and you're giving advice to a little brother. He has general herpes. He's been on a couple of dates with this girl and he really likes her and they want to have sex. How do you disclose? There is no right time. There's no exactly use these words. There's no like specific sit down in a park and tell them. When can you bring it up? We can, I'll give you a, a cool example that I kind of used with a a girl one time. So we met on Bumble. Uh, We went over to like WhatsApp and, you know, she said, oh, I'm not an avid Bumbler that much. I never really messaged first. And I said, how come you messaged me first? And she says, thought you were cute. I was just going to hit it and quit it. And that's what (laughs) she said to me. And my next line was, I guess I better disclose my genital herpes. And then she kind of like thought it was a joke, but it's that kind of disclosure with such casualness that I can do nowadays where she eventually had a lot of ignorant opinions about herpes, but after I was telling her, oh, I talk about it on social media, 
it's not really what you think it is. She was kind of like open-minded enough to reframe her thinking. We went on a date. The date was like eight hours long. At the end of the date, I didn't think I had enough of a connection with her. And <laughs> that's why dating with herpes is not necessarily any more difficult. Dating in general is difficult. Dating in general is difficult. I have a lot of single friends, like, you know, around the world, but like West Coast, East Coast, you know, New York, LA, everybody says the same thing. They mm -hmm. are tired of dating. And uh, usually like it doesn't even have to involve having anything. It's just like dating sucks in general. Mm -hmm. <laughs> You're dating someone now. Okay, how did you guys meet and how did you declare or declare? Mm -hmm. How did you share about your uh, herpes status? Yeah, so we met on Bumble, regular dating apps. There's herpes dating apps and there's regular dating apps and there's people with herpes on either. And at the end of the day, these are convenient ways. And people always ask, how did I tell her? Well, a lot of my social media says I have herpes. It's all over the place. You probably know. <laughs> and I never actually told her. She just found out through my social media. and for some reason, still kept talking to me, which I think is an interesting perspective for a lot of people out there who are so afraid of their status being public because they fear I'm going to lose friends. My family's going to judge me. No one's going to want to date me. And I can say like, having had my status be totally public, nothing bad has happened. People who didn't want to date me before may not want to date me now. People who still wanted to date me want to date me. Like, it's just, it doesn't really change much if you don't look at yourself in a negative way. I love that you consistently emphasized self-love and self-confidence mm -hmm. and like how you see yourself and your self-worth is going to be the fuel that empowers you through mm -hmm. your romantic and sexual journeys in the future. And you're not just defined by one little thing. Mm -hmm. Like I'm mm -hmm. the herpes guy. Like, you know, that's not, <laughs> that's not you. Yeah. Some people say that people who have herpes are irresponsible. What do you say to that? I say to that, that herpes doesn't care about your gender, your race, your pronouns. It doesn't care about anything. Herpes is a human virus. And if you're a human being, you can contract herpes. You can get it from your first partner. You can have a hundred partners and never get herpes. It doesn't really care. And the judgment on people as a whole, you know, the label of disgusting, dirty sluts who just made a mistake, guy or girl. It doesn't apply to everyone. And it's typically just hateful words from someone who doesn't like how you lived your sex life. Period. Okay, well, the last segment of my show is called Five Quickies with Dr. Tara. Are you ready? <sighs> okay, let's go for it. <laughs> All right. Number one, porn. Educational. Number two, celebrity crush. Ooh. I don't know. Dr. Tara. No way. <laughs> <laughs> Number three, G-spot. Important. Number four, biggest red flag. Ignorant about herpes. Mm, period. And number five, micropenis. You can use other things. <laughs> period. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. Where can my followers find you? I go by Dr. Sia on Instagram, TikTok, Facebook, and YouTube. So you can find me on TikTok, Pickering Fitness. YouTube is also Pickering Fitness. I do some videos on there and Instagram is Pickering Fitness. Okay, I'll have all those links in the show notes. Love it. Thank you so much for hanging out with us today. And my Love Bites fam, thank you so much for listening to this episode. I love you guys and sending you good energy per usual. Have an orgasmic day. Do you want to become sexually powerful? 
If the answer is yes, go to lovebites.co and check out 30 Days to My Best Sexy Self, a sexual mindfulness journal. This ebook will change your life. In this sexual mindfulness journal, I offer the tried and true methods to become more sexually confident. It's for everyone who wants to have the best sex life possible. Thanks for listening. This was, this was Love Bites. Love Bites. By Dr. Tara. Follow Dr. Tara on social media at lovebites.co. Have an orgasmic day.